Welcome to the IonHoops.com podcast with your host, Guy Flotico. Happy September, Gale Nation. It's season four, episode four of the IonHoops.com podcast, and we're getting closer to actual hoops around here. With the full schedule now out, including the Max Slate, and the 2023-24 roster just about set. We've even got one final expert on to talk about our newest Gale. But we're going to give the Lady Gales center stage in this episode, and Iona women's coach Ange Samillo joins the podcast for the first time to preview the team. Don't forget, y'all, there's a MAC title defense there, too. So another big-time episode is here, and we'll kick things off with some big-time Iona Iotas. Iona Iotas. As reported on IonHoops.com and on the last episode on this podcast, Cam Kristoyak is no longer on the Iona roster. There's been no official report or release on the matter, but word is the injury that kept him from practicing practicing when Jaden Daly and I were up in New Rochelle about a month ago is one of those ongoing, lingering types, and quite frankly, Cam didn't want his career to wrap up in a season in and out of the lineup, so he decided to pull the plug. That's what I have heard. Of course, our front court gets younger, maybe a lot less experienced with this departure, unfortunately as I do believe Cam had a role in this team. But as the cliche goes, it is what it is. Good luck to Cam as he moves on in life with, of course, an Ivy League degree. Iona. Iona. Iona fans who have been itching to see the men's and women's basketball teams in action will have to wait another five weeks or so. The Meet the Gales event for the men's team, long a part of homecoming weekend every October in New Rochelle, takes place Friday, October 13th at 8 p.m. And the women will have their inaugural maroon and white scrimmage Saturday, October 14th at 11 a.m. Both events will feature some scrimmage time to give us a true look and feel for what we'll have out there come November. I do expect that we'll like what we see from both squads at the event. So get ready to Meet the Gales at homecoming weekend just five weeks away. Speaking of the women's team, we haven't really talked about the fun non-conference schedule uh, Coach Zamillo put together for the Lady Gales. How about opening against our old friend Tony Bazella and Seton Hall on Tuesday, November 7th? And sort of like the men, the women's team heading to Florida for a couple games as Bethune-Cookman and at Stetson uh, before breaking for Thanksgiving. And then they're going to return to play three more road games after the break, highlighted by games at Providence and at local rival Hofstra before sandwiching MAC opening weekend with home games against Sacred Heart and Stony Brook. More on those two home games in a second. But just a reminder, the women's MAC opening weekend is not the same time as the men's. The women's weekend takes place a bit later in December on the 16th and 18th, uh, though the Lady Gales just have one game in that opening weekend on the 16th at home against Niagara. Okay, regarding those two, those Sacred Heart and Stony Brook home games, looks like both could be paired with men's home games those same days uh, as the men take on St. Francis and Colgate, respectively. So be sure to be there for those likely double dips. All right, we've got an interesting offer roundup coming your way now, and it's not really about offers so much, but about official visits. Let's go! I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. So we've talked about the class of 2024 6'4 guard Ryan Williams out of Malvern Prep. Iona offered him a little ways back. 
Williams is reportedly going to announce his decision on September 14th, and he planned three official visits, so you have to think that these are his three finalists. He reportedly visited Fairfield in late August, was slated to visit Iona on September 1st and 2nd, although I, I cannot confirm that that visit happened, and has an upcoming visit to Columbia today and tomorrow before that announcement on the 14th, so we'll stay tuned there. We're not done. Uh, we've made the top five for Malik Abdullahi, a 6'7", class of 2024 forward out of Miami. The rest of his top five includes FAU, UMass, Princeton, and Sam Houston. Interesting foursome. Uh, he's reportedly currently on a visit to Princeton, and he's reportedly visiting Sam Houston September 14th to 16th, Iona on September 21st to 24th, and UMass on October 5th through 8th. Um, and finally... Finally, we have class of 2024-6-4 combo guard Chris Johnson out of Maryland. Recently, he visited Mount St. Mary's and plans to take official visits to Iona, Towson, and UMass Lowell, though no dates have been set just yet. Pretty good. Uh, let's see where we land with these players in the coming weeks. Uh, and just a quick note before moving on. Uh, we have also we had also made the final five for three-star guard Ty Bevins out of Maryland, but he announced earlier today he's going to GW. So much for him. All right, let's give the ladies the floor now and hear from new Iona women's basketball coach, Ange Zanillo. Hey, Iona fans, did you know that Iona brought in a highly successful basketball coach from FDU? I'm not talking about that guy Tobin. You know all about him already. I'm talking about Angela Mello coming from a great four-year run for the for the Knights that concluded with back-to-back NEC regular season titles and WNIT trips. And now, like Tobin, here she is in New Rochelle to keep the winning going and defend Iona's crown. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Uh, thank you for having me. Really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, so when you got to FDU, the program was struggling. It was had an eight, coming off an eight-win season when you got there. Obviously, you were able to turn things around there and build something special. Uh, if you could spend a couple minutes and tell us about your approach to building that program back up to the tune of a 24-win season last year. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a process, right? Like, and anytime you take a team over, um, a program over, it's definitely a process. Uh, for me, that was, you know, what is it, four years ago in 2019, that was my first time being a head coach. Um, so we kind of taking over a new program. We're all kind of going over, you know, through this um, together. Um, I think the one thing that I wanna definitely acknowledge is that I was very lucky um, when I got there that the team, uh, the returning players that I had, um, they were just a great group of young women. Um, they wanted to you know, start winning, um, they bought in. I mean, that first year really, you know, it wasn't easy. We started 0-7, um, but in those seven games, we probably had about four games that we should have won. Like we were up five with, you know, with 50 seconds to go, all of a sudden we just, we just managed to find, you know, to find ways to, to lose, but I knew we were close. Um, and it was just a matter of just changing something. So I was very lucky that, um, the team that I took over when some, you know, additions that we, that, that we've made, um, through the recruiting process, um, you know, that spring, um, they bought in, you know, they bought in and we just worked extremely hard. And then, you know, as the time year, you know, went on, we had a lot of young players. So year two, that was the COVID year, the true COVID year. 
um, you know, we made another step forward. Um, I think we only ended up playing 24 games, but we had 16 wins. Um, and then by year three and four, um, we had a lot of seniors and upperclassmen who just, but at that point, it just made it a little bit, it was like a train that just kept on going, right? Because, um, you know, in year three and four, that's when kind of your culture is established, your standards, um, and you have the help of the players, right? Like I, I felt like last year, um, we had a player-led team and your best teams usually are the ones that, you know, you have player-led teams. So got to the point that sometimes during practice, like I didn't even have to say anything and our, you know, our leaders would just stop practice. Like, no, this is not good enough. We're running for this. Or, you know, if they were supposed to shoot foul shots because we lost a certain drill that, you know, had a goal, they weren't satisfied with how they lost that drills. Like, no, we're not even shooting foul shots for it to get out of running. We're just going to run. So they did it on themselves, mm -hmm. which as a coach, you just kind of, you know, when you, when you feel like you get to that place, you're like, okay, things are well. Cause like, you don't have to be the bad guy anymore. They had higher expectations of them, of themselves and they recognized when they needed to be better. So how long would you say, would you say it takes to build the culture that you want? I mean, it, it, it was a four year run there, but at one point did you feel like, okay, this is the program I wanted. I think the year three, I think in year three, when you have players in your program for about three years and then now they become the leaders and, you know, we're not just talking about basketball, you know, and putting, you know, putting the ball in a basket. We're talking about um, just everything that you teach within your program, your culture. Um, so I would say year three. Okay. So now you come to a situation where there are a good number of players back from last year's team and Billy Chambers had her own culture. Um, you know, success came and went over the years with her for sure, but she definitely had her culture, her way. How do you then transition it to your way? <laughs> if you, yeah. if there's a way of saying that, <laughs> you know, what? It, it's a process, right? It's always a process, right? Anytime you come to a new place, you know, um, it, it's going to be a process. It's going to take some time, but I got to tell you, Billy had, um, amazing, amazing, amazing uh, players on our team. So the returning players that we have, they're just, they're great people. You know, they're great students. They excel in the classroom, high character players, high character people. Um, so again, I'm in a situation where I don't have to worry about, you know, cleaning up certain things mm -hmm. uh, that we're not about as a coaching staff or we don't want in our culture because, I think Billy did a great job and you know in that department, which makes it easier, right? When you take over a program. So um like I said, it's it's you know, and I tell our team all the time, um, because right now when you take over, it's it's almost like now I have to reteach everything, right? Yep. Um, because you're not in year two, year three, where you have a lot of returning players, you have to reteach everything when it comes to your defensive concepts, offensive concepts, um, standards, right? How, how you want to run your program off the court too and, and different things. And, um, you know, it's a lot. Um, but, you know, every coach goes through it when they take over a program. I mean, it's just that comes, you know, that becomes part of, um, you know, of the job. Um, so I tell our team all the time, you know, we're teaching it that way. It doesn't mean that it's the only way that works because clearly it won last year, you know. Um, you guys, you know, had a tremendous season and, you know, MAC championships, champions and going to NCAA tournament. There's just different ways to win. So if we're teaching you how to defend certain things this way or offensively certain concepts and they're different than what you have been taught last year, two years ago, three years ago, or wherever you come from, different college, different, you know, high school program, AAU programs, 
it doesn't mean that our way is the only way that works. It just, that's the way that I know that has worked for me, for us, right? So um, it's just a lot of conversations, right? A lot of conversations right now, we're at the stage where, you know, we're introducing a lot of, a lot of concepts or have been introducing, you know, through the summer and now, um, but, but it's going well. They're buying in, um, they have the growth mindset, um, they want to do well, um, you know, they want to get it all, you know, right now. Um, but as a coach, you, you just kind of understand, like, it, it's going to take some time. Mm. So you, we talked, I talked about la- uh, having, having a few players back from last year's team. And I, I've got a, definitely have a couple of returnees that have saw extensive minutes. Uh, let's see, you have uh, a dude Gomez, 5'9", a junior guard. She played 28 minutes a game, 35% from three, averaged about six points a game. Uh, Natalia, I, I'm going to butcher her last name, Othkemzuri, 5'8", grad student guard, uh, 19 minutes a game, 38% from three, uh, 6.5 points a game. How, is there, how important is it to have two important players from last year's Zionist team, regular rotation players, that had that run through the, the, the great stretch run in February that Billy had put together. Uh, and then of course, winning the Mac tournament as well and getting to the NCAAs. How important is it to have the two players that experience that right back on the roster? No, I mean, it definitely helps a great deal, you know, um, you know, those two Judith and, and Nat, you know, along with the other returning players, like they've experienced what it's like to win. They've experienced, you know, uh, you know, we actually talked about this and I asked the returning players, you know, one of our team meetings, like, why do you guys think you you guys had such a successful season? Like, it can't just all be because you had great players. Like, I've I've yeah. been around, I've seen enough where, you know, I've seen enough of talented teams that had a lot of talent on their team, but they could never do what they did last year because there was no team chemistry. There was, you know, there's just a lot of egos and things like that. And, and you know, so we talked about that. But, you know, specifically in those two, like, you know, a lot of experience, right? Minutes. I mean, we graduated, we lost 70, I think over 76% of scoring from last year. So having them, you know, being back on the roster is going to definitely help, but they're going to have to have different roles now, you know, um, maybe last year, their roles were a little bit different. Um, and in this year, it's going to be a little bit of a different, different role. And I think they've been doing a great job in kind of embracing that. And, and I'm kind of working with them now to become also more of leaders too, and be being more vocal is, you know, I understand like last year, you know, Juana was one of the leaders and, and some of the other, you know, older players, and they didn't need to be in that role. Now I need them to be in that role. So I think they're doing a great job in in picking up on those things as well. Mm. Well, speaking of experience, always nice to have a couple of familiar faces with you when you begin anew elsewhere. And you were able to do that with uh, Sierra D'Angelo, six foot uh, forward grants transfer, played with you know, at the U, 12.5 points, five boards, 48% from the field, 30 minutes a game, second team, all NEC. Uh, and then Ella Fajardo, 5'4", guard, junior transfer, FDU, uh, t- 21 minutes a game, 39% from three, about eight points a game. So they did their share of winning as well. And on top of that, right out of the gate, you have two players familiar with your system. How has that impacted your summer workouts? Yeah, before I answer that question, I also want to touch on also um, pretty much my entire staff came with me from FDU. That's true. And that definitely <laughs> helps with the transition and they're amazing. Um, I love my staff. I mean, they're, you know, they're a big part of our success. They were a huge, not just a big, huge part of our success, you know, at FDU. So uh, I'm extremely, you know, just lucky and blessed that um, they're here with me because uh, that definitely also helps with the transition. Um and just returning to your to your um to your question, Sierra and Ella, you know what? 
I, uh, they've been tremendous, you know, and, and I've asked them that. And I said, you know, before they got here, uh, because they're just, they're so selfless, like their personalities, they're selfless. They don't have big egos. They just want to do what's best for the team. And I knew coming to a new team, they wouldn't want to necessarily rock the boat. You know, you don't want to come into a new team and all of a sudden, you know, become a know-it-all or, or come across as a know-it-all. Yeah. Um, but I had that conversation with them before summer when they came on campus and I said, I'm going to need you to step into those leadership roles right away. You know, we have seven returning players on this roster and we graduated. We lost a lot of leaders, a lot of older players that were in those leadership positions. You guys know me. You guys know our coaches. You know what this program is going to be, to be about, the culture that we're going to we're going to try to build. You know, um, I've coached Sierra for four years and and Ella this for two years at that point, right? And And, you know, don't worry about you know coming in as a as a transfer new player. I I I don't want you to be quiet. You know mm -hmm. you have great personalities. Do it in your own way. And I'm gonna need you to help lead. You know because you know what we're about. And they've done a tremendous job. Um, and I don't think I tell them enough. Um, you know what they do and how valuable it is. You know how they lead the team and and they do it in a great way because there's so many different styles. Like my leadership styles is different than theirs. Um, but I think that's important to have different, right? Different leadership styles from, you know, within the team and then, you know, and then farther out. So, um, it's been very, very helpful, very helpful. Okay. So definitely with all those names I mentioned, you have already a talented experienced backcourt in place. You have an all league caliber player in the front court, uh, with D'Angelo. Can you tell us more about how you see the front court shaping up? Um, yeah, so we've brought in some, you know, some transfers, some new players. We have some freshmen that are, you know, at that forward position. That was the one thing that I, obviously when I when I first got here, I identified from the returning players. We didn't really have any post players. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so obviously bringing Sierra was, you know, was was a huge get for us. I think she's going to have a tremendous, you know, fifth year here. Um you know, we brought in Ali Carmen, who's 6'5", transfer from, you know, Boston College. We brought in some um, freshmen who I think are going to be very good for us, you know, in, in, in the future. And then, you know, have an opportunity to be impactful players um, as freshmen. Um, you know, Zoe, um, who's from North Carolina. Emma, who's from... Um, who is from Australia. And then obviously we have Petra coming back in her senior, you know, in her sophomore year at 6'2". So um, I think we've, you know... I think we've taken care of that. I think we we're gonna be fine. Um, we're just gonna be young. Mm, okay. And you know, then just other looking... than Sierra, sorry to interrupt you. Oh sure, no. In Sierra, all of those players that I mentioned are freshmen or sophomores. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, well, how do you how do you navigate that? I mean, do you do you do you give them all a lot of play and just see who can, who rises up uh, out of the out of the pack to really earn more minutes? I can give you the answer on that yet. Um, <laughs> you know, those opportunities will be earned in practice, and and they've been you know they've been working on it now. So um, you know we still have what is it today is actually sixty days until our first game. So mm, wow. I believe it's sixty days today. Um, you know, till our season opener and against Seton Hall at Seton Hall. So um it's certainly, you know, it's certainly still in the works. So um Okay. Um, we run a pro, you run a freshman when you, when you set out to recruit, what do you look for? Do you, I mean, obviously you might say, well, we really need a forward or that can do this or whatever, but beyond that, what do you look for when you're, when you're recruiting? Yeah. Someone that plays hard all the time, 
right? Um, you know, obviously, as a <laughs> every coach wants to get the best player they can get, right? Like, um, but the reality is, like, um, well, not necessarily the reality is, but I just look for players who are hard nosed. You know, I like tough players. I like blue collar type of players. Um, it doesn't always have to be pretty. Just get the job done, because uh, um, and um, great teammates. I think that's important, you know. Um, I think when you when you're part of any team, you know, and and it really doesn't matter, you know, what your role is. You could play 30 minutes, you could play 40 minutes, you could play two minutes. Uh, you know, I truly believe that every player is important. Every member of the program is is very very valuable in the, you know in the success of a team, and you know player that plays five minutes is as important as player that plays thirty minutes. And it's so easy to overlook and say, hey, but she averages fifteen points a game, you know, and seven rebounds a game. But that player that doesn't necessarily get those minutes, you know, could be you know doing all the right things and making our program just grow stronger and stronger and stronger. And I think that's so important. But in general, in recruiting, I mean, obviously they have to have a skill, right? So every it just every year is a little bit different. I mean, depending on how many, you know, positions you have, uh, you know, to fill and, um, and what you exactly need, you might, you know, it's it just, it's, it, it, it's, you know, you could need a shooter, right? You could need a rebounder. You could need a, I just need someone that's just tough, hard nose, like great program player. Someone that's, you know, that maybe, you know, we don't have some, somebody that can get to the basket. I just, you know, so you got to have a skill. Why do you have to have a skill? Mm -hmm. And then are you playing hard, you know, and how do you, you know, are you playing hard when things are going your way or are you playing hard through it all? Right. Are you a great teammate? Um, but just in general, just um, a blue collar type of a player, someone that's a high achiever on, you know, not just on the core, but in the classroom as well. Okay. Uh, so we talked about summer workouts and now we're starting to transition to the fall. So as the workouts have progressed, what have, what are you seeing? Uh, um, are you, what have you been surprised by from, from the team thus far? What do you, I don't, I don't want to tell give anybody a weakness, but is there anything that's worrying you and just overall what you've seen and what you're feeling good about, maybe not so feeling good about. <laughs> so um, I'm a defensive coach. So of course, like our defense is not where it needs to be. Um, we have a long way to go, uh, but that's typical, you know, that's typical this time of the year. And it's, it's, you know, if, if your team is in a great defensive situation at this time of the year, you're in great shape for the entire season, right? Um, but um, I think the chemistry of this team has been exceptional um, and it's developed this summer. Like, I just saw it. They genuinely, genuinely just really, really like each other. You know, they hang out together all the time. Um, and I think that's great because that's where it needs to start, right? They're them connecting because... We have seven returning players and we've brought brought in nine new players, you know, um, and so there's a lot of newness in this program. Right. So uh, but I think they've been connecting really, really well outside of the basketball court, which I think in the long run will help them to connect better and quicker on the basketball court. So I've been very pleased with that because uh, I think that's huge. I think that's huge when you're building a program. Um, um I mean, they're all just working extremely hard, you know, um, they just they have a growth mindset. Um, every single player just wants to do well. Um, I'm very um, happy with the work ethic. Um, you know, we just got to start putting it together. Right. And, and you know, at the end of September, we're going to kind of move into, you know, team practices and we're going to be able to put a lot more, you know, of that five on five together. But um, I've been really pleased with, you know, where we are right now. Okay. 
Um, sorry. All right. Here is your chance to sell some, some season tickets. Why should Iona fans come out and watch your team play? Um, I think we're going to play with a lot of passion, a lot of energy. Um, I think we are going to be the hardest working team um, on there. Like if you go into, if you come into the gym and you don't see a scoreboard, you're not going to be able to see who's winning by, by how we play. Um, and I think, you know, I think the biggest thing is we're just going to, like our mindset is always going to be, you know, to outwork people, you know, with how hard we play. Um, and that's going to be a consistent thing. Um, and we're going to be fun to play. Like I'm somebody that I'm very intense and I'm demanding on defense, but at the same time, I don't want to put handcuffs on players on the offensive end, because I just think when you do that, you're creating doubt in their minds. And the last thing you want to do, like I was a player back in the day, the last, and I didn't experience that. I was very fortunate. I didn't experience that, but uh, the last thing you want to do is create doubt in the player. You know, it's like, can I do that? Should I do this? I think that's part of coaching. You have to explain why. Um, so, I, but I think from the offensive standpoint, um, I think we're, you know, it's going to be a little bit different. We're going to try to push the ball a little bit more. Um, but again, like I tell the team all the time, like we're going to do that <laughs> if we're, if we're going to make good decisions. Right. So, um, but I think just to answer your question and to summarize, we're going to play extremely hard. We're going to play with a lot of, a lot of heart and passion, and we're going to try to have fun while doing it. Um, and we're just going to outwork everybody that's coming to our gym, coming to our place, you know, yeah. um, we don't want to lose in that gym. So it's yeah. a great place to play. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, coach, uh, we wish you the best of luck. Of course. Uh, I mean, it looks like you've built a really solid team here, right from day one. So we're excited to see what you can do here. Uh, as long as we get to have you at Iona is of course, you know, and, and, and I have to bring up the fact that I love that you're playing Tony Bazella in, in game one. Uh, of course, you you know all about his Iona history, so uh, I'll, I have to ask you about that as we wrap up here. Uh, uh, what does it feel like playing a game like that against against Tony Mazzella, who you know has such respect, and uh, his, uh, Iona has a place in his heart too? But did you know that I also played for him? I did not know that. Oh my gosh, I did not know that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, my junior and senior at LIU, I graduated from LIU Brooklyn, and that's that's where he was before he came to Iona. So he was right. also my head right. coach. Yes. Oh my, yeah. I did not know that. I'm wondering how many people listening knew that. That are like, God, you're an idiot. <laughs> um, yeah, I did not know that. So that's awesome. So so that yeah. must be even more special than for you. So that's absolutely, awesome. absolutely. So um, no, I mean he's a close friend of mine. He's my one of my mentors. Um, he's just a great guy, and he's just very, very, very passionate about the game of basketball and he's somebody that I kid you not sometimes I I want to ask him do you ever sleep because I feel like if I texted him at midnight he would respond to me right away yeah. and but that's just who he is you know uh he just wants to help everybody so um so from personal standpoint it's going to be special um two years ago uh we played them in um the first round of the WNIT um mm. it felt special right because yeah he was my head coach and now we're going against each other. Um, and then absolutely. I mean, he, you know, he had tremendous run at Iona and, and, you know, brought one of the championships here. Um, and it, he speaks so highly of Iona and Iona still has, you know, special, special place in his heart. Um, so we're excited for it. We're going to be ready for it.
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and one of the things that we remember about him is he was very passionate and it was infectious to the fans. And you've got that vibe too. So we're excited for you to be here and 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 to see what you can do uh, leading um, the Iowa women's team uh, for the future. So thank you for coming on and uh, good luck to you this season. And we'll, we're looking forward to seeing you guys in November. Thank you so much. And thanks so much for having me on. All right. We mentioned that the men's roster appears to be just about final waiting on paperwork for Rodrigo Farias, the 6'2 guard out of the skill factory prep in Georgia, who had some high major offers in his past from the likes of Georgetown and South Florida. But who is this guy and how did we land him? Jojo Swift, head coach of Skill Factory Prep, joins me now to tell us about him. So not too long ago, I only got a surprise commitment from Rodrigo Farias, a 6'2 guard out of Skill Factory Prep in Georgia. Iona fans want to know more about Rodrigo's game, and with that in mind, we welcome Skill Factory Prep head coach Jojo Swift to the podcast. Coach, welcome. How you doing, man? Nice to meet you guys, man. It's a blessing to be up here to talk about Rodrigo. So uh, before we, I hit the record button, we started talking about how you have some familiarity around Iona. Tell us about your knowledge of Iona and uh, some of the guys that you know that have come through uh, New Rochelle. Uh, I'm a Brooklyn, New York kid, so... Iona was always one of those schools New York City kids wanted to go play for. And I had some of my guys like Sean Armand, Scott Machado, David Laurie, AJ, AJ English, Lamont Jones. Some of them guys played for that program and, and, and they had very great careers. Some of them actually got to play in the NBA or the G League and Euro League. So I, Iona, I'm real familiar with what they do. And it's, it's a great place for a guard. Yeah, and you must have been excited when when Iona got in the picture. So, as I said, Iona landing Rodrigo was a surprise to the fans. But even after the commitment, Iona fans had to do some some sleuthing to find out more about him, to find some videos on him. We were surprised to see he did have some higher offers in his past. Can you just take a moment and kind of talk to us about Rodrigo's high school co- career up until this point? Uh, Rodrigo's been playing varsity basketball at a high level since eighth grade. So he actually been getting high-level reps. He had started out at Norcross. Then he transferred over to the Skills Factory. But Rodrigo has a different background. He's a Dominican kid. He actually was a part of the NBA Academy as well. So he got to play FIBA basketball. And he came to us his sophomore year. And he started for us as a point guard. He went over and played in Mexico at the NBA Academy games. And he blew up over there. He uh, got a big-time offer from Patrick Ewan in Georgetown. And after that, Rodrigo recruitment had really taken off. So tell me, you guys, you had just said you uh, before we, we started recording that uh, you guys had just gotten back from a trip. Tell us about that. Yeah, we just got back from a little Asia tour. We was able to go over in China and play against their U25 team. So... This was some good experience for these guys to play against some stronger, older guys that play professional and that already had played Division One basketball over here. And Rodrigo was by far our best player. He shot he shot the ball really well. And if you guys are not familiar with Rodrigo, he's a pass-first point guard. He's like the type of point guard that you want running your program for the next four years if, if you're familiar with what he brings to the table. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, and with highlights we've seen, we've seen he's got a great step-back shot. We see that he does have great court vision and and he's a, a, a you know, wonderful passing ability. 
And I know from what I've seen too, he plays some defense and Tobin doesn't recruit you unless you defend. Are all those accurate assessments? And then what else does he do besides all of that? <laughs> yeah, all of those are pretty much good, accurate, uh, accurate uh, situations that you stated on his game. Uh, Rodrigo had to improve his three ball and he, he really did that. He hit uh, eight threes for us in one game. Like I told you, he had been over at the NBA Academy this summer in the spring playing. And he actually picked up a couple pro offers from a couple Euro League teams. So he didn't know what he really was going to do this year. So when I found out him going to play for Tobin, I know Tobin personally. And it was like the perfect match. I told Rod, go, go for it because Tobin's going to help prepare him to be ready for that pro level. And he's going to allow him to play his game that he wants to play. Rod is a tough kid. He's, he's Dominican. So if you know about Dominican people there, they're feisty, they're prideful. And Rod's all over the court on defense. If you watch this film, he he's he got the potential to be a very, very high-level defender. Can you tell us a bit about his recruiting? You said it, you know, you mentioned it really blew up uh, at, at one point a little ways back, Patrick Ewing and everything. And uh, so I guess not, to, I, we feel like it's a drop-off to go from Georgetown to Iona. But uh, did, did it cool off for some reason in your mind where, uh, you know, the Ionas of the world were getting more involved as opposed to the Georgetowns? I, I feel like his recruiting had cooled off because Rod decided not to play AAU this year. But what he did decide to do is to play in the NBA games. And the NBA games and playing for the NBA Academy is totally different. It's a bunch of NBA scouts, pro teams, and all of the high major schools are there as well. So a bunch of high majors had jumped on him late. But Rod wanted to go to a situation that's going to help prepare him for the best professional player he wants to be. So he had high majors that still were engaged in him and wanted him to come there. And a lot of them didn't want him to reclass up like he did. They wanted him to come in January. So that was the plan at a, a bunch of those schools. Uh, I know Cincinnati was in, UMass, uh, a couple schools like that had reached out to him late. But Rod wanted to go to a coach in a situation where he was familiar with, who was familiar with his game, and why not go back home for a player's coach like Tobin? That's right. So when did Tobin first reach out to him, as far as you know? I, I Honestly, I didn't even know Tobin was in the picture. So when you guys had posted the stuff and Rod had hit me up about – couple weeks ago and like coach I'm just gonna not go take the pro deal and I'm gonna go over here and play with Tobin I was so surprised and I was happy for him because he didn't know me and Tobin knew each other and had a relationship and I told him like that was a great fit for him man and the run that Tobin just had I know he recruited and he got Rod and some basketball players to help him do what he do this year because like I told you Rod is a pass forward point guard he's a coach on the floor he's a leader he, he's the, the kid that you want running your show so him and Tobin's going to be perfect for each other. How long have you known Tobin? I know Tobin, Tobin for a while. After I played Division One basketball, I had transferred to Bridgeport for my last two years and played against Tobin in the ECC when he was at Stack. And I had beat him for two championships. And then as soon as I left the conference, Tobin won four of the last five and was one of the best coaches in the con country. And then he took his his kids on that Cinderella run last year. It was just amazing to watch. I, I've been... I've been around Tobin and familiar with what he does. So to watch him take them kids and just to watch where he started from and just to believe in his process and being a player's coach, like being a player's coach is huge to recruit and like just have kids come play for you. And now the world is going to know who Tobin is and what he does. And a lot of kids are going to be a, have a blessed career playing for that guy. Man. Yeah. Excellent. Um, well, you know, Tobin's style then a bit, he's going to run this five out motion offense. 
Uh, he's going to press all, all the time on defense from what he says. Uh, watching Rodrigo seems like perfect fit for the system. Uh, how do you see him fitting in? Uh, I feel like Rod could fit in any system because, like I said, he got the ability to score, get guys in it. He's high energy, so he can start his role. A lot of people are not able to start in their role because they always need the ball in their hand. He could play off the ball, on the ball. He's just a coach's kid. Whatever the coach relies for Rod to do, Rod's going to go out there and do. And he has high character. He's a great kid, great energy, great smile, good to be around. I feel like this situation is going to be good. Okay. So I've conducted a lot of these interviews. I don't know how to replace its whole roster, as you know, uh, pretty much. Yeah, except for one guy. Uh, so I'm doing, doing a lot of these kind of interviews with folks like yourself, talking about the newest Gales. And I always kind of wrap up with the same question. Why Iona, why Iona fans are going to love uh, Rodrigo. So can you tell me about that? Well, I, I feel like Iona fans are going to love Rod because Rod's a competitor. Rod's a winner. Uh, he's a good kid. comes from a great family. He comes from a different country, so he's appreciative. Uh, Rod's just great to be around. Um, he brings high energy. He wants to win. I know you guys want to win up there, being from New York and just being that that Iona team that's always in the tournament every month. So he's just Rod's gonna give them fans everything they want. He's got passion, shows effort. He's committed to his grind. He's always in the gym. It's just going to be beautiful to watch his ground and his journey there while he's over there at Iona. Well, we hope you are right about that for sure. Uh, and um, I want to thank you for taking the time out to to come on and and teach us about him because we you know we don't know that much about him. So it was great to hear from you on this, and uh, and especially given I I know you travel a lot, so it's it's great to hear uh, that you're so enthused for him to come to Iona and and make an impact here. So thank you for coming on, and good luck to you and your team the rest of the way as well. Hey, no problem, man. I appreciate you guys for having me anytime, man. I'm rooting for you guys, and I'm always rooting for Rod. So hope you guys have a successful year, and maybe we can catch up midseason. And the things that I told you guys about, Rod checked out good, man. <laughs> I hope that, that you know what we will call you on that if he if he does without question we'll have you back if if he's standing out like that for sure. So thank you so much again for coming on and uh, safe travels. No problem. Thank you. I mean, keep doing what you're doing, man. I love what you're doing for the kids. It's big time, man. And you guys, good luck on your season. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks to both Ange Zamillo and Jojo Swift for joining this episode of the pod. The season is right there now, isn't it? We've got some more great guests on the horizon to take us home, so stick around. In the meantime, go Gales. Thank you for listening to this edition of the IonaHoops.com podcast. This podcast is a production of IonaHoops.com with publisher Guy Filatico. The opinions shared during this podcast are those of Guy Filatico, IonaHoops.com, and any featured guests. This podcast is not affiliated with Iona University Athletics or the university itself. Thank you for supporting IonaHoops.com.